This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messy.fm. All right. Welcome to Caffeinated Changes. It's Wednesday, and I'm not exactly sure which Wednesday, but I'm glad you're listening. And um, to my listeners that are back for more, thank you for coming back to new listeners. We're happy you're here. I'm here with John Burke, and he is quite a character. If you know John from Oglethorpe, like I do, then you know John, and <laughs> he's probably one of the funniest people you'll ever meet. So, um, John, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, uh, thank you so much, Stephanie, for having me on. It's really a pleasure to be here. Um, but I am a pianist and composer. I live in Atlanta. Uh, like Stephanie said, I went to Oglethorpe University. And um, I guess about me, about me, uh, what keeps me busy is I am a director of music at a church. I am a director of music at a school. I also gig all over Atlanta. I play jazz, cocktail hours, a lot of music for weddings. Um, I play with ensembles. I conduct choirs. I work with choirs. And, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to being a pianist, uh, a gigging pianist here, here in Atlanta. But uh, a lot of what I do, too, is I write my own music. I compose for solo piano. I've released several albums on solo piano. And then uh, recently, in the past few years, I started writing for chamber ensembles and um, scoring. I've scored film. I've also scored a video game in the last few months, which was really exciting. So that's kind of my life. And I have two cats, a beautiful wife, and it's great. Okay, well, just for uh, a side note, you actually, one of the songs that you wrote, I played at my wedding. It was the song that I went down the aisle to. So I'm a big fan. Not that you're surprised. Uh, but I also... Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> you have you have one more accolade that you didn't touch on. Oh, well, yes. In uh, 2017, my solo piano album, Origin, um, was nominated for Best New Age Album at the Grammy Awards. So my wife and I got all dolled up and we went to uh, LA and we walked the red carpet. I got to meet all of these amazing people and uh, we sat within, oh man, at least 50, 100 feet of, uh, of Adele, which was incredible. <laughs> that wow. was the Adele and Beyonce were, were, um, were going for best, best song and best album and everything. But it was an incredible experience and to have something that I released on my own um, with no label or, or, or a manager or anything, um, to be nominated for the biggest award in music in the world really was just life changing. It, it was humbling. It was exciting. It was exhilarating, but also it just really helped me kick up, um, what I do. You know, it helped me really improve on everything that I do, because uh, now the standards were <laughs> raised kind of high. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have children's just thinking about that. Um, so is that where you saw yourself going when you finished school? Because if I remember correctly, weren't you a Spanish major? I, things blend. I don't know. <laughs> I was, yeah, and, and I never imagined I would be a full-time musician. Um, in college, I was a Spanish, Spanish major. I studied abroad in Spain. It was like one of the most wonderful experiences of my life. And then after college, I immediately, I did two things. One, I jumped into a Master of Public Administration program at Georgia State, and it was, uh, I was there for about four years. And then also, right after uh, college, I got a job as a Spanish translator for a health insurance technology company. And it was really cool. Like it's, it's, you know, everyone always tries to get a job and what they studied. So I studied Spanish and then a few days after graduation, I started a job in Spanish translation. So it was great. 
Um, but then two years um, into my master's program and two years into my job as well, I just started realizing that the office life was not for me. Uh, I did not like sitting in a cubicle. I did not like the work that I did. I love Spanish and I still keep it up, but I was just not the corporate, you know, office kind of person. So I left that, started to get into music, started picking up gigs because by that time I had already been playing a lot and picking up little random gigs, teaching lessons. And so that was about six years ago when I made that change. And it was probably one of the best changes I've ever made in my life. Was it scary? Like, did you, the first six weeks, I feel like every time you do a career change, it's the scariest moment of your life. So how did you kind of get through that? Or did you not have any fear? You just were like, I'm doing it. This is, this is how it's going to go. Oh gosh, I really wish it were that. <laughs> um, no, it was terrifying. Um, it was terrifying to dive into this, you know, into this career that, like I said before, I, I never imagined myself in. Music was always on the side. I didn't start piano until I was about 15. So it was just kind of a nice hobby. I enjoyed it. I played in a band in college and um, missed a lot of parties because I was out gigging up in North Georgia around Atlanta. Um, so I, I always had it on the side. Like my main goal was to be a Spanish translator or to be a foreign diplomat. Right. right. Um, but when I moved into music full time, um, I remember I was talking to my dad about it and I said, you know, I'm not going to be making the kind of money I was making at this uh, full-time job. I'm worried. Um, and, uh, I don't have the security and I don't have the health insurance, whatever. And he says, look, 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 look. you know, the, the thing you need to know is that you don't need to be making more money. You just need to be making enough money. He said, I think that, and this is whenever I, I started, my first gig was a, an accompanist at a church. And he says, look, you just need to be making enough money. Just be smart, be frugal. But from this job, more will come. And he was right. Within six months, I was already making more money than I did in, um, in the other job in the full-time job that I left because I started finding my passion. I found opportunities and I was, uh, I was a hustler. I mean, I, I really enjoyed finding new gigs and connecting with new people. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of how it just kind of blossomed from there. You know, it was terrifying, but it was, it was helpful to have dad there. Yeah. Isn't it funny how like when you finally figure out what it is you're supposed to be doing, everything just kind of falls into place. You're like, <laughs> it just seems to, and not always, but and there's ups and downs and whatever, but it, every time you find exactly where you're supposed to be, it just falls into place. And I think that's really nice when that happens. Um, so how does this all fit into your greater plan? What kind of, or are you like a let go, let God, and just kind of wherever you land, you land? Or do you have a plan? Well, I think everyone should really have a plan. And, um, and I do have a plan. Um, so whenever I first got in, I didn't really know this plan until the last few years. Um, but it has uh, a common thread from what I've been doing for the last, you know, six or seven years. Um, music's always been a part of my life. And specifically, I really have enjoyed creating things. I've enjoyed writing music. I've enjoyed writing a trumpet part for a song. I've enjoyed writing, you know, taking an instrumental uh, classical song and then singing silly words to it. You know, just things that I've done since I was a kid, Right. So the idea of creation has always been big for me. And when I found that music was kind of my calling, I applied creation to it. And I, I started writing. I started writing. I wrote my first album right out of college. Um, it was a solo piano album of just kind of some nice melodies and some improv. But it did so well. People really enjoyed it. And I thought, I think I have a knack for this. So 
more and more I started getting into the solo piano world and I was writing a lot more. I was practicing on my technique and uh, I'm just so thankful for all of those years of learning that have really helped me become the great pianist. I, I feel I am today, you know? Um, but in these last few years, I've started to notice that the piano side of life as, although I love it so much, I love being a pianist. I've really realized that I want to be a composer. I think that's where my talents uh, really lie because a lot of people ask, Oh, you're, you know, um, how good of a pianist are you? And I say, well, I, I think I'm a solid six on a really, really good day. I'm pushing a seven, but I'm a solid six. There are many pianists who could really outplay me, but I think my talents lie in composing and that's what I've done for longer than I've played piano. And that's where my passion really is. So I know that um, I think my end goal is really to start writing scoring uh, for film, for video game, for um, television. That's really where I want to go. And I think that's where uh, my music career has kind of set me up to get into. That's awesome. Um, so obviously you've checked off some things on your bucket list that uh, wouldn't have occurred if you weren't doing music, the Grammys. What else have you checked off your bucket list that have happened because of your um your job with music and composing and all of that? Well, um, certainly release an album um, on my own, and I've done that several times. So that was kind of cool to release it back in 2011. It was a few months after I graduated. Oglethorpe actually is when I released my first album. I looked into what it took, and in this digital age, it's actually extremely easy. So it's really not that impressive. <laughs> but, um, but I was able to do it, and it was great, and I was able to help market it and get it out there. Um, other things off the bucket list, I guess I've really never made a bucket list. Um, but, uh, you know, if I'm, if I can think of some things I've, I've scored a film before it was in, I've scored two independent films and, um, those were great opportunities and I want those to happen more. Um, they were fun, they were exciting and it was cool to work with the director and a team. I've also scored for live theater at Serenby Playhouse. I've scored some of their productions and that's been amazing. Um, and then just like I said uh, earlier, I, a few months ago, I scored my first video game. And I think that was, if anything's a bucket list item, it is that. Um, it was so cool. I, I went to this game developers conference just to try and connect with people. Found this awesome team. And uh, I said, I'm a composer. Let's work together. And then sure enough, a few months later, we're, we're working remotely. They're in North Carolina. I'm here and I have my studio here and I wrote a soundtrack for them and they loved it. It was it was so much fun. And that was a huge bucket list item. How cool is that? So when you are not writing or composing or playing piano, what do you do um, off the job? What kind of fun things do you do? Well, I spend a lot of time with my wife. We love craft beer. So we love going to breweries um, and we like to travel. Um, just we spend a lot of time together going outside, hanging out with our cats. And now that we just moved, we're spending a lot of time just figuring out what we want to do with this house, what direction we want to go into. And, um, yeah, so it's just spending a lot of time with the wife, um, really enjoying family time. Um, and like I said, we, we just love craft beer and trying new restaurants. And we're both vegetarians, so we like finding new restaurants that have good vegetarian options. Um, and also I, I love to run. Um, you know, the outdoors has always been a big part of my life and running just a great way to like relieve stress. And even as from my creative side, you know, it helps me kind of recharge, mm -hmm. you know? So how do you balance your job with everything? 
Creating, uh, that's a good question. It's, it's creating firm lines in between work and life. Because I'm the kind of person where if you sit me down at my desk or my piano, I could work all day. I could skip all my meals and someone has to come inside and to my office and bust and like pour water on me and say, stop working. You know, I'm that type of person. Um, but uh, what I have to do is I actually have to put on my calendar, like work from this time to this time. And then after that, no gigs allowed or cut it off. Don't take any more phone calls. It's really creating firm lines um, in your schedule. And that's tough for some people because, you know, in a world where you can, there's always an opportunity to work, to be, to be better. You know, you have to really balance that with your life. And to me, that's, that's spending time, you know, with my family and also just spending time, just not focusing on music, like just being myself and going out on a jog or going to go hiking or something. I mean, you have to make those clear lines. At the beginning, was that a tough thing for you? Because as you enter, because you're newlywed. So I imagine that putting those boundaries into place was really instrumental in keeping your wife around. <laughs> oh, for sure. For sure. But how, how difficult was that for you? Because I think I struggle with the same thing in terms of balancing those um, hours. You work from this time to this time and then the phone goes away. The, you know, because there's always, you, like you said, there's always an opportunity. So how did you kind of just, is it just that easy for you where you're like, Oh, okay, done, turn it off. Or is it a struggle sometimes? It's a struggle sometimes. And, you know, and you can relate, you know, like, um, what I do is I do things that put me, that force me to not be able to work. So for example, I turn my phone on airplane mode and then I throw it in my room and then we just go. And then I make sure not to go up to the room for the rest of the night. Like say if I get home and it's maybe six o'clock in the evening, I'm like, okay, well, um, I don't really want to work on anything right now. I could. Um, but what I'm going to do is turn my phone off or turn on airplane, put it upstairs and then just relax downstairs. Don't even go upstairs. Don't even think about it. Turn the computer off, you know, so that way you have to, if you did want to work, you'd have to go start up the computer again and wait for it. So, you know, it's just, it's little things that you can do to really force yourself into that environment. Um, but after a while you just get used to it and you actually, it's kind of liberating actually. Like for example, if my wife and I, we go out, we purposely leave our phones at the house. Um, you know, I know that it's a safety thing to bring your phone with you in case of emergency, but if we're just going to a brewery or going to a park, we just leave our phones at home and it's kind of liberating. It's, it's like, Oh my gosh, there's this whole world all around us. (laughs) (laughs) It's, It's really nice. It's really nice. So that's what you have to do. At least for me is just finding ways to force yourself into that, that separation and start really just, just smell the flowers, you know? <laughs> that's, that's fair. I, well, I do, I have managed to train myself to do that at the beach. So I feel like um, it's a step in the right direction, right? Yeah. So what's a piece of advice that you would give to somebody that is struggling, maybe in music, maybe in something else, but they're, they're struggling to overcome a hurdle. What's one piece of advice that you would give them? So it really comes down to just being creative to find opportunities. You know, as a creative, as an artist, you already have that, that fuel, that creative fuel, but it's being, you know, uh, finding creative ways to make money off of what you do. And with no matter what instrument you do, or if you sing, or if you're a writer, there are always ways to do that and never underestimate the power of collaboration. There you go. I like (laughs) that. That's great. That was perfect. Thank you. Thank you. 
Is there anything else that you want to add? Do you have any albums coming out? Anything we need to know about? Where can they find you? Well, uh, my website is johnburkmusic.com. You can also just Google John Burke Piano, and I should be the first result. I don't think there's another weirdo out there playing piano named John Burke. <laughs> uh, I hope not. I don't know. Um, well, I don't know. Yeah, there might be. There probably is. But um, but I have. Uh, I don't have any albums coming out this year uh, like the ones I've done before. But this year I've had the awesome opportunity to write chamber music. So the Atlanta Chamber Music Festival is going to be, um, it's going to go, you can Google it, Atlanta Chamber Music Festival. It's happening in like the third week of June. And the staff there are going to premiere an original piece that I've written for String Quintet. And I believe that's going to be on June the 20th. That's a Thursday night. But if you go to their website, there are more details about location and everything. And then I'm also going to produce those and release those as maybe like a small EP um, or something. So this is my new dive into music that is not piano, doesn't even have piano in it. Um, so, so that's really exciting. And then in July, on July 20th, I have a solo concert at Outfront Theater that's in Midtown. And I'm going to be doing an interesting solo show. Um, really excited for people to come. This is usually I do solo piano concerts or I have my, my group with me, my little orchestra. But this time it's a solo show, but it's going to be very different than what I've done before. And that's going to be July the 20th at 7.30 p.m. at Outfront Theater. That sounds super fun. Do you ever travel to do you tour or is it strictly in the Atlanta area at this point? You know, I'd say it's it's in the Atlanta area. I've tried touring out, but being an being an artist that's not really represented by anyone, admit it's very hard to market yourself to other cities where people don't know you. I played a show in Nashville just last year, and I think a total of eight people came. Nice. So it was a little upsetting, <laughs> uh, but you know, um, I could have put a ton of money into marketing, but I didn't really want to do that because again, you have to have some type of name and my name in Atlanta is really strong. And I think I've really, um, I think I've really found a sweet spot with that. But even in where I'm going as a composer, I mean, I'm going to Atlanta is the place to be for me with working with filmmakers, writers, um, cause that's, that's going to be the, that's where I'm really going to try and, uh, put in all of my effort. Start the lightning round of questions. It's just fun. Nothing deep. Don't panic. Okay. (laughs) Maybe panic. I don't know. Some of these questions are pretty tough. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Okay. Favorite color? Lavender. Lavender. (laughs) It's like jungle green. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Brunch or dinner? Dinner. Okay. Fall or spring? Fall. You like a good PSL, do you? Oh, man. Oh, PSL. Oh, God, I had one of those last fall. I think I nearly threw up after three sips. Why do people like those things? I don't know. I don't drink them. You're asking the wrong person. The sugar milk, and it's quite disgusting. NSYNC or Backstreet Boys? Backstreet Boys, hands down. Really? Why? Totally. I like their sound more, but also I'm more familiar with them. So maybe if someone threw me in a room and made me listen to nine hours of NSYNC and nine hours of Backstreet Boys, I'd have a different opinion. But the songs (laughs) that I know I'm more familiar with are Backstreet Boys. Okay, that's fair. Books or movies? Movies. I I wish I I could say books, but I... um, I'm just not really a big reader. I, I love reading, but I am just so busy with work. And anytime I start a book, I 
get in a few chapters and then I just get caught up with work and I never touch the book again, you know? So I am totally a movies person. That's fair. I feel like there's also music in movies, so that might draw you more. Oh my goodness gracious. Totally. Yeah. It's the whole (laughs) cinematic experience. Exactly. So iPhone or Android? iPhone. Oh no. Okay. Fine. Just what I'm used to. I mean, I, I, I really have no preference over the one. It's just what I'm, what I have. If I had an Android, I'm sure I would say Android. Not because Android is a better phone, just because it's the iPhone is what you're used to, huh? Yeah, and I think that part of me would really like the Android more because um, the iPhone, I think, is a little too intuitive for me sometimes. Like, I think with the Android, you have more customization options and you can kind of get into the nitty-gritty of it. And I think it's a Window-based thing, too. And I've always been a Windows person. Like, Apple iPhone is the only Apple thing I have. And Apple, to me, is, eh, it's okay. I've always been a PC Windows person. That's funny. I, I've only ever had Android, so... But my husband, he has an iPhone, and he said that he'll never convert just because it's he's trained. I, Apple, I think, has cornered the market on, like, monkey see, monkey do. Like, you already know how to do it. Don't fix what ain't broke. Yep, don't fix what ain't broke, for okay. sure. So my daughter's favorite question is, what's your favorite number? My favorite number? Oh, easy, eight. Okay, Why? Just, it's always, it's just always been eight. I don't know why. Um, I do remember back in watching the uh, Schoolhouse Rock, it was this song called, you know, I can skate a figure eight. And <laughs> I love that song, but I always knew my multiplication tables in eight quicker than any other number. Um, eight just, I don't know. It's just, I really like it, you know? <laughs> uh, so in the Bible, it means new beginning. So... Maybe that's what it is. You just have constantly creating, constantly making new beginnings. Yeah, absolutely. Constantly refreshing. Sure, I'll take that. Uh-huh. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Okay, and then obviously not PSL. What, just plain black or what? I take dark roast with a little bit of cream. Okay. Is it flavored or just plain? I don't know yeah. why this matters. <laughs> no, it's, it's a good question. I used to take it all with sugar or with... Uh, flavored creamer, but now as I've gotten older, I've just, that stuff kind of repulses me and just, uh, (laughs) just, I don't like, I don't like all that sweet stuff in my coffee. Just give me a little bit of cream. I'm good. But my wife, she likes it black. I don't see how she does that. I I just Uh, have a little bit of cream. Black, but pretty soon you're going to be the guy that's yelling at the kids to get off your lawn. So it's, (laughs) you're still slowly heading that way with your cream based. dark. That's it. it. Getting grumpy. Dog or cat? Cat. I love dogs. uh, But I'm one, I'm so used to cats. We've always had cats. I've, I've lived with dogs before and I love them, but cats to me are just like calm, easy. And, uh, relaxing but i uh i, I think we're gonna get a dog pretty soon Ooh. so you know a lot of people like to say oh you're a cat person oh that means you hate dogs right and i'm like no that's that's really a very stupid observation <laughs> <laughs> you know um and uh, i'm not pointing fingers at anyone of doing this but um i've just heard it before you know yeah yeah no. uh, yeah cats for sure that was a very long answer to your short question <laughs> it's no i think i agree because a lot of people have said that like oh you I do not, I mean, cats scare the bejesus out of me. We had a cat when I was a kid that used to attack my feet, and so I've never recovered. And so I am actually terrified of them. So I'm a dog person by default, but I also have two dogs, and that's just how it is. But I, 
every cat person I've ever met says, I like cats just because they're quiet, but I love dogs too. It's never with dog people. It's like, I hate cats. Like <laughs> there's no in between. Yeah. <laughs> but with cat people, they're a little more laid back. Like sometimes they need some love too. Yeah. That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. So if there's nothing else that you have to add, I'm so glad you were on. It was so much fun catching up with you. Likewise, Stephanie, thank you again for the pleasure of being on your show. Um, it was just really great to catch up with you and I, I hope all is well in your life. Yeah. Same with you. I can't wait to follow your next adventure in whatever that may be. So once again, you can find John Burke on his website. You can Google him or it's johnburkmusic.com. Is that right? That is right. All right. And if you have any questions for him, I'm sure he's happy to answer them. And he is on Instagram. Whether he knows that or not, I'm not sure. I'll still tag him. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I do check Instagram here and there. Uh-huh. Like every once in six months. It's fine. I'm not judging. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I, I, I need to get better with my social needs. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Sean. You have a great day. You too, Stephanie. Thank you again. Yeah, thank you. So that was John Burke. You can find his albums on iTunes and, of course, his website. You can always follow him on Facebook and Instagram. One of the things I love about this podcast is hearing the advice that all these wise people have to offer. If I think about it, they're all saying similar things, but perhaps it hits you differently each time. It does for me. I know that I just came back, but for me, it's time to take a break. My daughter is out on summer break, and I'm ready to do more research and gather more interviews. When I started this podcast two weeks before it launched, my goal was just to get my friends out there because I know they're smart. So now I want to take the time to revamp what Caffeinated Changes looks like, tweak it, improve it, and come back for season two in late August. In the meantime, you can always reach out to me on Facebook and Instagram. I'd love to hear if you have ideas for topics, people I should interview, or just want to give feedback. I'm open to all of it. Oh, and please listen and subscribe for free. And be sure to share with your friends because sharing is caring. You never know if your friend needs to hear some of what was said in this episode or maybe an earlier show. Thanks again and enjoy your summer.